My guest today is Dr. Jeffrey Knight with True North Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jeff, welcome. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Emily. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, it's an honor to have you with your expertise to today. You're, I understand you're going to talk to us about nutrition for the brain. That is really intriguing. You bet. It's definitely an area that I'm very interested in. As a chiropractic physician, I have a special spot in my heart for serving autistic and special needs children and individuals. So a big, a big thing is how can we help improve and, and support the brain, which is an area that obviously is under stress um, in these situations. And so it's definitely something near and dear to my heart. I've got family members that have children with autism and uh, and I serve several autistic families too. And so this has been a mission of mine for going on five plus years of really trying to learn and understand how I can best provide insight, um, information, and resources to help help our bodies, you know, find a way to thrive. And uh, and this is a key key piece to it. I can see that. I'm impressed with your background and how. And it, this explains why it means so much to you. You have family members that also deal with this. So yeah. what kind of a program do you recommend for families? Yeah, so to keep things simple and um, applicable, because I know when it comes to diet and nutrition, I know a lot of family members, moms especially, will go into feeling shame or guilt and that's the last thing that I want anyone to fill. But some of the things that I would definitely recommend is a few things. And, and we can kind of group it into some good things that we want to um, avoid and then some good things we want to include. And, and this way we can make some exchanges, basically, so that people don't feel overwhelmed with thinking like, oh, wow, I just got to completely revamp my, my nutrition and my diet and my groceries and everything. but Let's try to keep it simple so that you don't feel overwhelmed. I'm a father of six children and my wife and I, this is definitely a, something that we've, uh, we've had a battle, not necessarily a battle, but I guess it's been a challenge to try to really implement some of these things in our home as well. So we understand the challenges that people faced with when it comes to this. So let me just start then with some good things that you want to avoid and and there's a lot of talk on organic versus non-organic foods and then the non-GMO type foods and the GMOs. Let me tell you why it's so important to really try to do your best to choose organic and non-GMO. So in a sense, we're going to try to avoid the other stuff. All of us have probably heard of the pesticide and the um, herbicide called Roundup. Roundup, the, the fancy name for it is called glyphosate. And glyphosate is sprayed on all of the crops throughout our country, and it desiccates the wheat, it desiccates different crops, and it makes it so that they're more resilient against bugs and, and insects and other things. But at the same time, with that pesticide on there, it's a poison, right? And so it can create, as a lot of people have heard this term before, leaky gut. And leaky gut basically means that that creates in, in, in the intestinal wall, so in the lining of our gut, 
it can create this barrier to where the, the, the barrier is leaky and open. And so undigested food particles can get into our bloodstream, which then means that can create inflammation. It can lead to um, autoimmune conditions for some people. For other people, it definitely has connections with brain issues, such as uh, challenges with autism, or even we're hearing such a high rise in Alzheimer's and dementia. So if there's leaky gut, then that means we can be confident that there's likely going to be what we call a leaky blood-brain barrier. And that means the blood-brain barrier is the protective part of the, of the brain where it only allows certain nutrients and things to pass through safely and effectively to feed and nourish the brain. But with the glyphosate, this actually causes it to be more leaky. And so things that we don't want to get into the brain can get into the brain more easily. And this can even drive certain toxins deeper and really can affect, like I said, our, our brain, our mood, our behavior, our hormones, and it can even um, sometimes influence things such as fertility for some people potentially. But there's definitely strong correlations with autism and strong correlations with dementia with this. And so this is a pretty big deal. So I know when I went through undergraduate school, I had a nutrition class. And I remember my teacher saying, don't worry about the organic and the non-organic stuff. But, you know, all this information wasn't so readily available and it wasn't so, so um, stu wasn't studied as much as, as it has been in the past few years. And so glyphosate or Roundup is really one thing we want to avoid. Some other things too that, uh, and, and for sure, Emily, feel free to jump in at any time if you have any questions about any of this. Uh, I don't, I'll keep going until you stop me. How about that? Okay, that sounds good. Keep going. Okay, so, so some other things that I would definitely encourage as far as some things to avoid would be uh, the high inflammatory foods. So a lot of the processed things, um, the sugars and the processed foods that are either in a box or a bag, usually those things are gonna raise blood sugar levels, but also raise insulin levels. And it can definitely make it so it's more inflammatory against our brain and even the cells of our body. And so this can definitely attribute to a lot of challenges that certain kids have, and of course, individuals as a whole. So the more close we can get to mother nature and the, the good wholesome ingredients, ones that we can actually read, those are always encouraged. Some other things to, to consider as well, um, I want to talk about fats. And fats for a long time have had a bad rap. And really, you know, we heard about the no fat diets or the low fat diets. But what that did, in a sense, unfortunately, we were um, replacing the, the calories we got from fat with more carbohydrate. So that means just feeding our bodies more sugar, which led to a lot of the epidemics we're dealing with today with chronic illness, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, etc. So our brains absolutely love fat. I have a quick question. I recently read that sugar is actually more harmful for us than fat. Would you agree with that? Without a doubt. And, and I guess it would depend on what kind of fat, because there's good fats and there's bad fats. And so, but 
in a sense, um, cardiovascular disease is definitely much more connected to the sugars than it is to like, say, cholesterol or to bad fats. Well, again, there's a caveat there because some of the fats are we definitely want to stay away from. But then the fats that we thought were maybe bad, some of those are actually really good for us. For example, good fats that you want to include in your diet would definitely be saturated fat. Um, that's one of them that has had a bad rap over the years. But saturated fats come from animal meats, come from dairy products. And so I would choose if you are going to do dairy, and for some people, dairy can be a sensitive thing where it maybe doesn't settle well. But if you do choose dairy, choose organic dairy or grass-fed dairy. So like grass-fed butter can be a wonderful source of fat or even grass-fed ghee, which is another form of like butter. And those are some really good options. Some other good options for good fats would be coconut oil, avocados or avocado oil, nuts, seeds. I mean, there's, there's a lot of other good oils too, such as if you've heard of MCT oil, which is also a derivative of coconuts, <clears throat> sesame seed oil. I mean, so a lot of those things are just are really good, high fat. The brain loves the good fat. Our cells love good fats. And then the, the fats we want to avoid would be more trans fats. So sometimes trans fats can be hidden. If you look at a nutrition label, and it says zero trans fats, well, you will know that there's still trans fats in there if there's any ingredient that says hydrogenated oils, either partially hydrogenated or hydrogenated, then you know for a fact that there's trans fats. And trans fats can definitely be very harmful for you know our cardiovascular system. But unfortunately, a lot of times the food industry will sneak some of those things in. Some other fats to avoid or oils, one that's a big one is vegetable oil. So you would think, oh, the name vegetable oil is great, but actually vegetable oil contains some very highly processed fats in there that are unstable and actually can be rancid. So like things like soybean oil and corn oil and canola oil are three big ones that you want to avoid because they're usually genetically modified and they're usually um, definitely sprayed with the glyphosate. And at the same time, as a fat, it's not as stable as some of the other fats. And, our, and the cells of our body need really good fats. So the cell membrane is basically, um, that's like the skin of our cells. And we have trillions of cells in our body that our body is made up of. And each cell membrane requires a really important amount of good fats. And so a lot of us have heard a lot about fish oils too. And I would even argue just from research I've seen that I would choose to stay away from fish oil. The reason being again is there's some, some of the fish is going to be highly contaminated with heavy metals because they get come from the deep sea, but also the processing. It's really hard to keep fish oil stable and pure and good. And so I would choose a good vegetarian oil that has more natural plant-based oils as a good option. So that would be like flaxseed or evening primrose oil or sunflower seed oil or pumpkin seeds. You know, those types of oils are really, really rich in good nutrients, rich in good 
properties that can help our brain and can help our cells. So that would be something um, that I would strongly recommend. And, and there is some, some good research that, that I was uh, just brought aware of just in the past six months. And, and cause you know, fish oil has always been such a hot thing. And we talk about omega threes all the time. And, and even people can get what's called omega three dominant where our body actually needs a higher ratio of omega six versus omega three. So if we had a ratio of either four to one or six to one of the omega six to omega three, that's when our body actually thrives even more and um, does better. We definitely need omega three, but not in the large quantities that we have been introduced. So what are the sources for omega six? Oh yeah. Omega six would be, um, like the plant-based oils, such as evening primrose oil, flaxseed oils. Also, the chia seeds are really good. Yeah, avocados, fa- fabulous, definitely. And nuts, um, seeds, those, those typically have really good amount and a good balance of both, actually. And also, saturated fats have some, some good um, omegas in there, too. More um, longer-chain fatty acids. But, um, but yeah, that's where, where I would start. And there's some good places where you can do some supplementation with that too. If you're not getting enough in your diet, there's some really good products out there. I know a big concern with parents is, and with autism, it's, it's, it's a big one and it's the fussy eater. Yes. And I've heard over and over, but my child will only eat hot dogs. My child will only eat and I'm sure you've encountered it in your practice. So give us some tips on dealing with the fussy eater. So great. So the exchanges is one great place to start. So with, you know, with hot dogs, so maybe find um, some hot dogs that are produced without, you know, a lot of the nitrites, you know, some healthier options. Cause there's some pretty decent options out there for hot dogs, for chicken nuggets, for, you know, even yogurts and uh, even mac and cheese. I've seen organic versions of, of mac and cheese. So, so this is where I like to really incorporate this saying. Uh, it's actually an African proverb. And it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I, I implemented that in my life because when I learned truth and when I learned something that I know is going to be good for me, I want to just tackle it and go straight, straight up that mountain as fast as I can. But I know with me and my family, since we've got eight people in our family, I can't, if I go straight up that mountain, I leave my wife and my kids in the dust, basically. And so this is where if we do switchbacks, you know, and we take slow steps and go up a little bit and then take a little break and go up a little bit more instead of going straight up the mountain, using more switchbacks. And so this is where doing these exchanges. So yeah, if, if, if hot dogs, if it's the, the, um, even some chips, there's organic chips that are even better options. And so it's like a transition, right? This isn't going to be a sprint, but it's a marathon. And of course, with some people, it might make more sense to try to be a little more aggressive and a little bit more, um, I guess you could say, um, strict about the diet because they just need it that much, you know, as soon as possible. But for others, if you can be patient in the process and continue to make some of these changes, it's amazing how like our kids have no clue that a lot of the things they're eating are organic or non GMO uh, and they still eat it and they like it. And so, 
there's some other other tricks there too and 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 I know it can be really difficult but innately our bodies desire and thrive for good food and so right now our bodies a lot of these kids and a lot of people in general our our taste buds have been hijacked and our food has been full of so many additives and things that can be very addictive and so it's it's really tough and so with just little changes this is really where I would say to start. And, and the, the closer you can get to eating just three meals and no snacks, that would be a phenomenal thing too. And that can be tricky too, because kids like to snack through the day. Adults like to snack through the day. But even doing that can be a really wonderful um, goal to work towards. Okay, now before, and I want to hear more about that, but before we leave the fussy eater, what I'm hearing then is don't take away their favorite food. Find the healthiest version you can of their healthy food and then gently or whatever, knowing the child's personality, whatever works, introduce more foods, uh, more variety. That's, that's where, where I would start, yes. And, and um, definitely the variety is so powerful. Like the, the diet variation is key. If you think about our ancestors and the way they ate, they ate what was ever in season. And so the more we can have variety, the better it will be for anyone. So, so that's a good, easy place to start. Like you, you just reiterated so well, Emilou. Definitely start with those things they like. Find healthier options. But then slowly, you know, there's other ways we can incorporate this. So that's that's where I would encourage a lot of people, especially if they're doing this on their own. Now, if I was working with them closely, I mean, I'd be able to maybe coach them through and guide them through some other things and help them through this process, you know, a little bit different potentially. But and this be, is part of your practice, correct? Yeah, it is. Definitely. I, I work closely with families and where I'll coach them through um, the diet, the nutrition, and, um, you know, along with some other things. And, and that kind of leads me into, I guess, another point here is, is where some people will say, well, is diet enough to make a difference? And I think a lot of the families out here listening probably would say, no, it's not, because I know a lot of um, autistic families have done incredible things with changing diet, but they still notice there's still a lot of challenges. But Without changing the diet for the better, the child will not get well, but that alone doesn't always mean that they will get well to the extent that you know we would hope. And so there's some other additional things that we do in our office, such as brain detox, as well as some other services we provide with chiropractic techniques that are a little bit more advanced and kind of specialized you know, uh, focusing on the brain and helping the brain communicate better to the body and doing things of that nature. Um, because the diet is crucial. Without it, you know, we'll, we won't get well. But with it alone, sometimes we won't get over the humps that maybe are holding us back. All right. I am really looking forward to our future talks on brain detox and your specialized techniques. But before we leave, leave nutrition, I want to comment i i remember hearing for decades that you know small frequent meals were best and now you're and now and i and you're not the only one i have heard say this i have heard 
now the thinking is just stick with those three meals. Can you yep. just talk about that for a minute? You bet. And the, and the reason being is probably re revolves mostly around uh, blood glucose and insulin levels, which with high insulin that persists, it can create all sorts of chronic conditions, not just diabetes, but it's linked to um, polycystic ovarian syn syndrome. It's linked to challenges with uh, different hormones and infertility. It's linked to a lot of different things because when the average person eats probably about 15 to 16 times a day, um, roughly if you include meals and snacks. And so each time you eat a meal, that's going to spike your blood sugar levels and your insulin. So think of like a roller coaster going up and down. So each time you eat something, that's going to spike blood sugar, insulin. And then if you don't eat, it drops back down. And then you eat again, it spikes up. Well, the thing about insulin, it has a harder time to come back down. And if you have a persistent, a consistent high level of insulin, it's definitely going to affect a lot of things, including the brain. In fact, they call dementia the type 3 diabetes now. Alzheimer's is known as type 3 diabetes. And so, so it's crucial. And, and, and the, the shift here is where <clears throat> I guess what I would encourage people to do is focus on eating more fat, so high-fat diet, moderate protein, and lower carbs. So if carbs are your main source of fuel, then yeah, you're going to feel like you need to eat more often because you're burning through the, the glucose, the sugar, so fast, where if we can train our bodies to use fat as fuel, guess what? We can go longer periods of time and continue to feel satisfied. And so there's a lot of value with that. And if you look at our ancestors, that's how they ate. They didn't have all these, these processed foods. They didn't have all these other things. They ate the vegetables, the fruits. They did have some grains. And I'm not necessarily anti-grain, but there's a time where it's good to stay away from gluten. It's good to stay away from grains um, just because sometimes that can be inflammatory and destructive um, if you're trying to heal. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's amazing when you give your body a rest and it's like just being quiet for a moment. And when I say a rest, meaning you're not eating all the time, it's amazing what the body can do on its own innately to start to repair some things, to get rid of some bad cells. We call this autophagy. That's the scientific word for it. And, and when we give more space in between our meals, and specifically if we go dinner to breakfast the next day and we try to spread that out as far as we can, it's amazing how our body will start to do some really great things on its own. Well, that is good to know. Yeah. Beneficial for anyone. Well, I am excited to hear more about brain detox. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Dr. Jeff. Appreciate your time. Bet. It's a pleasure, Emily. Thanks for having me. All right. You have a great day. I will. You too.